0: This episode of What's Tech is brought to you by eJunkie. eJunkie offers a no-must, no-fuss shopping cart solution for the makers of the world. They help you turn your passion project into an online business with their easy-to-use e-commerce tools that support both digital downloads and tangible goods. Plus, eJunkie has the best support staff in the industry. Start using their lightweight, embeddable shopping cart today. Go to ejunkie.com and click Start Selling. Enter the promo code Tech, which stands for What's Tech, which is the show that you're listening to, to get your 30-day free trial.
1: So I had been saving my quarters for all of the time that I was at Morgantown, West Virginia, because that's the only way that I can ride the personal rapid transit system. Um, so I drop my two quarters in at the turnstile, and then it's got like elevator buttons. And you hit the one that you want to go to, and then you get in and you wait with a bunch of people. And then in a couple of minutes, this adorable tiny bus pulls up. It's like a bus train car. And you get in it, and you sit down, and it feels incredibly 70s because that's how old it is. Uh, And then you're just going along like you're on a, a little train or a little freeway. And then you get to the next stop, and then it pulls past it. Uh, it goes right under the uh, this underpass next to it, so you're on basically an express track to the exact place you want to go. And it's kind of crazy that a public transportation system is actually really exciting, because it's completely weird.
0: I I I am reminded of a separate thing, and I have a maybe I should save it for later. But we took a funicular. Oh my God! Yes. It this this sounds like. A better funicular.
1: It's a little like a funicular. I think it's mostly just that there are these systems where they only turned out to work in a couple of places, and so they feel incredibly exotic.
0: And and then were ultimately destroyed by the 80s
1: and 90s. Yes, it kind of destroyed itself. I don't know about funiculars. Those are cool.
0: Hello and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I'm your humble host, Christopher Thomas-Plant. Today I am joined by my colleague and friend, senior reporter at TheVerge.com, Addie Robertson. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good.
0: I am so glad to have you here because we will explain what a funicular is maybe later in the episode. But right now we are talking about PRTs, uh... You have a feature that just went live uh, uh, about a week before this episode will go up that everybody should go uh, read. What's its title?
1: Uh, It is called The Road Not Taken.
0: And it is fantastic. I think I can put a link in in the post. So look for it there. But let's get to PRTs. What is uh, a PRT in its most basic level?
1: Okay, so PRT stands for Personal Rapid Transit. And the idea is that it's sort of like a a subway crossed with a taxi system. So instead of waiting for a train, you get up to the station and you call a car. And it comes up on this little uh, electrified guideway. And then you get in and then it routes you straight through to whatever station you want to go to and bypasses all the other stations. So it's supposed to basically give you everything that a car would, like being on a freeway. Um, Except that it's also environmentally friendly and you don't have to drive yourself and it can be publicly funded and supposedly a bunch of other benefits.
0: Is the fact that it can go directly to the the spot that you want uh, the key difference between a subway and a tram? Could, say, one be as large as a subway or a tram?
1: Um, So there are a bunch of different names that you can give to something. Um, Personal (sighs) rapid transit, it doesn't just refer to the fact that it goes straight to your destination. It refers to the fact that it's in something that's kind of the size of a car. So you're not sharing a a train with a bunch of other people. Um, So when it gets bigger, people refer to it as automated group rapid transit, which is arguably the thing that that was actually built in the United States. Where
0: where did the idea of uh, PRT originate?
1: Okay. So in 1953, there was a transportation engineer named Don Victor who started working on something that was pretty much going to set the groundwork for PRT. Um, But you really start hearing about it in the 1960s, where a bunch of different people came up with all of these ideas that were sort of around PRT. And then the U.S. government got incredibly interested in it and wrote a bunch of reports um, and started trying to fund it. It,
0: What what was... I mean the large ambition for this. People, you know, I get the the basic premise, but say we say PRT worked uh, and uh, it took the world by storm. What does that world look like?
1: So a lot of it sort of has to be situated in the '60s and '50s, which is sort of the urban uh, urban blight era and the time where you were trying to have all these big urban revitalization projects. And the idea was sort of that it was going to make public transit cool again. Um, that people thought that subways and trains were dirty and dangerous, and you didn't want to use them if you were rich enough to have a car. Um, And so this was going to be something that would connect the cities and the suburbs. So you'd go in and you'd get on your PRT system, and it would feel like you were doing a real normal driving commute into work. Um, And it would alleviate the what were genuinely horrible smog problems at the time, and uh, a lot of sort of road congestion that people hadn't had to deal with before because this was the first time that cars were really becoming a part of American life was the the 50s and 60s
0: okay so you've actually been on a PRT or but or or is it technically one of the group PRTs it's in West Virginia that that is what I know (laughs) uh tell me about that experience and and then kind of define what it is specifically
1: Okay. So it's in Morgantown, West Virginia, which is where West Virginia University is. And Morgantown is really, really hilly. Um, that's kind of the, the most notable thing about it, um, <laughs> is that you feel like you're going to die every time you try to walk up a, a road in the morning and it's frosty. Um, and so it had these three campuses and they're really far apart and they're kind of hard to get between. So you get on the PRT and it will carry you around the entire university system. Um, and so you get on there and you pay 50 cents or if you're a student, you ride for free. Uh, and it's actually kind of a lot of fun.
0: And, and that is technically a PRT because multiple people could fit in one of those cars,
1: right? So it's called the PRT, like it, it's literal name is the West, the Morgantown PRT, but technically the cars, you can seat eight people in them or 20 people can stand in them. Um, They also have this like annual competition where they try to fit 100 people in. Um, But (laughs) that's why it's um, the sort of cutoff for PRT for some people is that, like, is it the size of a family car? If it's a family car and you can fit maybe four or five people in it, then it's PRT. If you can fit 20 people in it and it's designed for that, then it's automated group rapid transit. That's okay, the other wanna... element of PRT is that it's, it's automated. That's a really big part of it, that you don't have drivers, all of the cars kind of know where, uh, where they're supposed to go, and they'll route themselves automatically to where they're going.
0: I, I think this kind of transitions to the star car, which I have to spell out loud because it hurts my eyes to look at it. Capital S, T, A, capital R, capital R, lowercase c-a-r. Yes what 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 is the the star car and how does it fit into the world of prt's
1: so the star car is sort of one of the really weird prt designs because the idea was that it was a real car a little tiny electric car that you could rent and keep in your driveway and you would drive it up to a prt network and then it would slide into it and then it would drive itself on the network. And then when you got to your station, you drove off it and you started driving again and got to work or home or wherever you were going.
0: Am am I crazy? Or is this kind of like a Jetsons thing? I I mean, I know there aren't rails, but I feel like in the Jetsons, they drive away from their house and they just kind of like fall in line. And then like the flow of traffic just carries them onward. Yeah, Uh,
1: I don't remember the Jetsons very well, but that seems like a part of it. Like the idea that you'd get on a highway and then once you're on a highway, you just kind of sit back and don't have to do anything,
0: yeah i in your piece you called it dual mode transit uh there are a lot of I guess they're not even like really jargon they're pretty blunt uh in terms of what they actually mean, but uh, was it big was that idea bigger than just star car?
1: yeah, so there were a couple things that were basically like the star car there was a thing called the Kamia car that was just an idea at MIT it was pretty much a a normal car, except it has these arms, and it could drive on and lock into a guideway. Um, And then there was a system called the Herbmobile, which was sort of the same thing, but with a really awesome name. Um, And then you had designs (laughs) that were a lot sort of stranger. Like you had some things that were, they were pallets, and you'd drive your car onto them that was just a normal car, and then they'd slide onto a subway or onto a, a rail network, and then they'd go across there like a PRT. And then they'd go off and you would drive off the little pallet and just drive your normal car back to work.
0: Okay. Other than the name Herbmobile, which I'm sorry, I, I cannot picture that Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> what, what doomed PRT?
1: Uh, so kind of a lot of things. The first one was that there were a lot of Bureaucratic and logistical problems. It was difficult to tell who was going to fund something or where you could put it. It's already incredibly difficult to build any kind of transportation network. like I'm in New York and it's taken a hundred years to build one subway line um, so they were it trying will never to do be finished either. <laughs> something incredibly ambitious that was also not really proven um, that had a lot of really complex technical issues because you were basically trying to make an entire network act like a freeway system. And that people were a little weirded out by it sometimes, that uh, there was uh, a French survey of people that was meant to gauge how they felt about the PRT that was going to be built there. And they decided that actually they they kind of liked group cars because they didn't feel self-conscious on them. And they felt like they'd be a little bit weirded out by being one of five people on a car.
0: Okay, sorry. Let's fast forward to today. Are there other PRTs that I could actually go, if I had unlimited budget, to travel the world? Slash, if there are, is there, like, a PRT renaissance just waiting right around the corner?
1: So you could go to basically one place, and that place is Heathrow Airport. And Heathrow (laughs) Airport has three stations, and you can go directly between them using the PRT that was put in in 2011. I mean, automated transit in general has been really, really good in airports because nobody has to really interact with the outside world there. Uh, there They're these really sterile, self-contained environments that you can put automated transportation in, um, and it doesn't conflict with any other roads or public transit systems. Um, So there's that. And then that's basically it. Uh, You could go to sort of test systems because there are a bunch of companies that are trying to do PRT, and there have been a bunch of companies that were trying to do it for 10 or 20 years. Uh, Raytheon got apparently fairly close to building something and then had a lot of problems and it got shut down and sold off and now it's trying to sell more systems again but who knows when it'll get somewhere. Um, So PRT is kind of always on the verge of being seriously considered by cities but then it just hasn't seemed to happen. I think a lot of people were supposedly really put off by Morgantown um, which took a huge amount of time to build and was just a huge mess in terms of construction.
0: But they have an annual fit a hundred people in a car thing that's so lovable. How could they not how could they not see that and be like that's a sort of community culture that we want to bring to I don't know, Blue Springs, Missouri.
1: I mean people people like it now, although there were a couple of people who tweeted me after I put my piece up and said the Morgantown PRT is horrible. How dare you write this?
0: Oh my gosh. Um,
1: but it's been kind of great and well received now. But in 1975, it was something that had cost 10 times as much as they thought it was going to. And there had been a period where they thought they were maybe going to have to blow it up. And it was supposed to be ready three years before it actually was. And it broke down at its uh, sort of coronation. And <laughs> it just had a bunch of problems. And that sort of convinced people that that was what PRT was. And yeah, I can see how that would
0: that. be a problem. Um, okay, it, it, final, final question. Because it seems like there's this thing uh, running beneath all of all of this conversation. The self-driving car. Uh, what is there a, a purpose for PRT if self-driving cars exist? Which, I, I mean, seem like kind of the same thing. That they're car-sized and they run on tracks. Just digital tracks and not real ones. And slash, is a self-driving car... Does it kind of owe its lineage or something to that effect to the PRT?
1: Self-driving cars are sort of a a concept that's older than PRT, but the thing that's really notable about dual-mode cars like the Star Car is that if you read about them, they sound a ton like self-driving cars that people will talk about, okay, you can just go from your driveway and it'll take you straight to your destination. You can have coffee or sleep or watch the news. Um, So conceptually, there's a lot of similarity there. The big difference in the short term, according to some people that I've talked to, is price. That a guideway system, you don't really have to learn to sense and avoid very much. You're just, uh, you have to know when you have to make your turn and you have to make it. If you're a self-driving car, you have to have all these incredibly sophisticated sensors that will tell you, are you going to hit a kid? Um, What are all of these other horrible, messy, human-driven cars doing? Um, So in the short term, this could be great for a few people but way too expensive for a city to implement Um, and so that's sort of the the big difference to some people is price Um, that on the one hand self-driving cars could be great because you don't have to build this infrastructure they can just work on normal roads or you can designate a lane but on the other hand if you're trying to make something that's actually going to blanket a city and be available to people who don't have much money or who otherwise wouldn't be served by something like a taxi network very well, um, how are you going to do that?
0: I, I I want a PRT. I think it would be great. It's we, have, super cool we have We have a crappy train time. here
1: in Austin, and
0: a PRT would be a thousand times better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, where, where can people find you on uh, the internet other than The Verge?
1: Uh, so they can find me on Twitter at The Dextriarchy, uh, which is like the patriarchy, but for right-handed people.
0: (laughs) Thank you. You can find the show on Twitter at What's Tech. Uh, You can find us here every Tuesday on TheVerge.com, on uh, Apple iTunes, or any other podcast network. We, of course, always recommend that you leave a review on iTunes. It goes a long way to getting the show out to more people. Uh, I want to thank... Andrew Marino, our podcast producer, the person who makes this entire thing uh, sound good. And I want to also give a thanks to our sponsor. Thanks again to eJunkie for sponsoring today's episode. They help you turn your passion project into an online business with their easy to use e commerce tools that support both digital downloads and tangible goods. Visit eJunkie.com to start selling today. Enter promo code TECH to get a free 30 day trial. Happy selling! And oh yeah, I, I I need you to I need to direct you to go review uh some new shows this week because that's a thing that we've been trying to do. What do I recommend that you check out this week? Uh, I recommend that you check out *Myths and Legends*. Uh, upon uh it's a new podcast about myths and legends. I also recommend that you check out Polygon's new show *Newsworthy*. Uh, go give them a listen, leave a review if you'd like and, uh, pay it forward. Uh, until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye.